Hello and welcome back or welcome for the first time to Playtime. This is a play therapy podcast, specifically a child-centered play therapy podcast. My name is Andrew Barnett and I am a counselor who lives and works in beautiful Asheville, North Carolina. And on this podcast today, we are talking about feelings, feelings in the body in particular. In play therapy, when we're describing why play therapy is effective, or we're handing someone a pamphlet that talks a little bit about play therapy, or we're writing in our case notes about what happened during a play therapy session, we'll often put down emotional awareness. We believe that play and play therapy promotes emotional awareness. And that's true. The question is, how does that happen? How does someone go from playing in a non-directive way, in a way that is entirely led by them, and come to a place where they are more aware of what is happening inside of them, where they are able to name what is happening inside of them, and be assertive and confident about their own feelings and internal state, instead of acting, say, impulsively, or aggressively, or becoming dysregulated by their emotions. And when I hear people talk about emotional awareness, most often, say with people who are more directive or facilitative with their work, meaning that they would provide activities or some kind of a structure for the child in the session because there is a particular thing that they want the child to get out of that session. People use lots of things like feelings cards where there are different faces on the card and then the child points to the card and either says that they are feeling that thing, that face on the card, maybe that person is scrunched in a ball and has their head on their knees and then we name with them that that feeling is sadness and then we say that they're feeling sad and we believe that by being able to name what they're feeling that that is helpful for them moving forward. I wouldn't want to debate that. That feels true. I can say as an adult, and adults are only different than children because they're older, many of us adults are still stuck in some pretty crucial ways in developmental phases in childhood because we did not get what we deserved at that time to be able to move forward as people and evolve. And I can say that being able to name feelings is good. Being able to name feelings is helpful. It makes life less confusing when you're able to correctly name what you're feeling. You're also then able to share your inside feelings with someone else who can't actually see inside you. And then that person can be a witness for your experience or provide you some level of support. Or at least you can live your life knowing that you are not alone in your feelings. That there are other people in your environment who you can connect with. So naming your feelings is helpful. What's not particularly helpful is if you're a person who often gets stuck in their feelings. Like You could be feeling angry and end up in that angry place for a long time. If you're angry on a Monday, that means that you might have a bad week if you're holding on to that anger when you have moments of quiet. The first thing that bubbles to the surface is that anger. Even in a given moment, someone can realize 
that they're angry, but still feel very, very angry, and that anger can be overwhelming, and that anger could still be dictating their experience, even if they're able to name what's going on. And that same thing is true with sadness, or fear, or shame, or whatever other emotion that is difficult and uncomfortable that we can find ourselves feeling, and then find ourselves being stuck inside of. Child-centered play therapy has the ability to name emotions built into it. You, as the child-centered therapist, are able to give emotional reflections to children, which can be helpful in them building their emotional awareness. But I think, like I've said somewhere on this podcast before, that when you name a feeling to a child who is currently feeling something, they can often be defensive about that feeling being named. A barrier is being erected. They do not want to have their internal state labeled by you. It's uncomfortable for whatever reason, and they are not ready to have it named in that way. For that reason, we can use emotion reflections to build emotional awareness, but there are so many points inside of a child-centered play therapy session when a child is not ready to hear that they're angry when they're showing anger. They're not ready to hear that they're afraid when they're showing fear. It's a very vulnerable thing for someone around you to know that you're afraid or to know that you're angry. It can feel uncomfortable and they just don't like it. We can explore for the rest of this podcast why someone might not like having their emotions named for them, but that's just the truth of the matter. So if we don't use emotion reflections to help someone with their emotional state, the question is, how do we help them with their emotional state? How do we build that emotional awareness? In play therapy, we're not always trying to build conscious awareness of a given thing. This isn't a sort of front of the brain, rational, this is what happened kind of therapy. This therapy is more energetic. And when we're talking about someone having a different relationship with their emotions, someone can have a different relationship to their emotions, and their emotions are things that arise from their experience of life without naming what those emotions are. It speaks to a person's ability to move through their experience, to not get stuck, to be in a place of feeling something intensely and having this deeper knowledge this deeper strength to know that I'm feeling bad right now, but I'm not always going to feel bad, or I'm feeling bad about this particular thing. But there are lots of things that make up my life, and there are lots of things and feelings that make up being me. And so the question is, how do we help a child get to that deeper place of knowing that there is life beyond this intense thing that they're feeling, that this thing that they're feeling is not going to swallow them whole, that emotions can be moved through effectively. And the answer to that, from a play therapy perspective, is to allow someone to have their emotions and live inside of their emotional experience as fully as they are able to do inside of the context of our session. Children in life very rarely get the opportunity to do that. Children are cut off from their emotions even in subtle ways 
when an adult from a place of good intention, but it doesn't matter what the intention is, says to a child who they see that is feeling sad, hey, it's okay, like you don't have to be sad. Or they could say, cheer up, we're doing this thing later. Or, uh, there's nothing to worry about. Or, for a child who's scared, like, I've got you, I'm protecting you, there's nothing to be afraid of. Those statements sound good. They sound comforting. There is a level of comfort there. And there are times when all of us need to know that we're, okay, we're scared, but this environment's going to protect us. Okay, we're sad, but this person is still here. And there will be a time when I'm still happy. But we don't allow children to develop that ability inside of themselves. In that moment, as a parent, as a caregiver, as whoever, it is acceptable not even just acceptable, it is helpful in terms of allowing a child to have autonomy and to live inside of their feelings to say to a child, you're scared right now. You're scared about this thing that's going to happen. You're nervous about going to the dentist. You're nervous about this presentation you have at school today. Ah, you don't want to go to this birthday party. You're sad about your dad leaving for the weekend. Whatever it is, we can name it. We can let them know that we're there with them. And then we can allow them just to feel what they're feeling. To feel the fear completely. To feel the sadness completely. To move through that fear and sadness. But again, children don't get that chance very often, I feel, because... We as adults are uncomfortable with the emotions that a child is experiencing. We're uncomfortable being with someone and they're sad. We want them to feel better. We're uncomfortable being with someone who's scared. We want them to feel better. And that's not... There can be an altruistic wanting this person to feel something different in the moment thing that is coming from a good place. But it does not give that trust in the child for them to have feelings and to move through those feelings. It does not allow the space for them to have their own experience of the world, to feel that something is scary, and then have an experience with that fear, and then come out the other side of it, and maybe be less afraid next time. Instead, we can invalidate their feelings in the name of wanting them to feel better. In a play therapy session, when we give feelings reflections, I can be afraid that those reflections are coming from a similar place of wanting the child's feelings to stop. Like if I tell you that you're angry right now and then you know that you're angry, maybe your anger will be less. If I tell you that you're sad right now, maybe you can be like, oh, I'm sad, and then move through that sadness more quickly. However, reflecting and noticing what is happening in a child's body when they are experiencing an emotion can help them to sink more deeply into that emotion that they're feeling, to know their fear and their sadness and their anger more deeply. Children often, when they are having a emotion, give somatic complaints to the people around them and to themselves because those emotions 
do exist inside of their body. All of the new trauma research, whether you're like a Vander Kolk person or into different people in somatic psychology, it is becoming common knowledge in the field that we store emotions inside of our body. And then children name that they are feeling emotions inside of their body. It's a curious thing that then we often try to move them off of those somatic complaints. I think for this reason, I can be personally suspicious of coping strategies. If coping strategies are simply something that we give children so that they can feel less of their anger, so that they can manage their anger better, and so that they can get to a place of not feeling angry anymore. I believe that all of us, when we have feelings, are having those feelings because of our experiences. Now, it can be difficult when, say, we have repressed emotions from past experiences. Let's say we've got a trauma and we experience some hypervigilance and fear in our lives, then yeah, sometimes that fear isn't actually coming from this present moment. That fear is coming from somewhere. It came from the past. That fear is still living inside of us. We have some healing to do and some processing to do and some things that we need to be whole again after we have had difficult experiences. But let's say a child is just angry at their environment in general. I would go at it believing that that child has every right to be angry about something. And often that something is coming from the present experience. Sometimes those are things that are coming from the past. There can be some anger that's repressed and harbored in there in a child as well. I think as adults, we are perhaps more susceptible to that than children are. More of a chance to have lived through those experiences and denied our emotions and therefore those emotions are still living inside of us and living inside of our bodies. But when we use coping strategies with children, we have the potential of invalidating their emotional experience. For me, if a child is experiencing anger, I don't want to move them off of that experience. I don't want to have them do deep breathing so that they're not angry anymore. That anger is important. It's telling them things about what they value and what they care about. It's setting boundaries with other people. Anger is often an emotional way of setting a boundary with someone else that you do not want to have crossed. And if that boundary is crossed, you're liable to get even more angry. I would much rather have a child grow up and know how to be angry and know the power and potential of anger to recreate their world the way that they want to, to live the lives that they want to, to have the self-respect for themselves and their experience that they can be angry about things as a defense. If we are simply trying to get kids to be less angry or less sad or less scared, we're missing the point. And the point is that our emotions teach us about our experience. And that allowing a child to experience their emotions fully gives them that experience and practice with feeling intensely and knowing that they're going to be okay and knowing that they can move through, through their emotions 
to a place where they can honor those emotions by being assertive about their experience so that they can live lives that they want to live, that so that they don't become adults who don't know who they are or why they're doing what they're doing, who have a midlife crisis at some point or are in a situation like a marriage or a job or whatever where they're like, how did I get here? I've been unhappy for a long time long time and someone who is has been unhappy for a long long time and then realizes that months or years or decades after the fact has been disconnected from their emotions and when you're disconnected from your emotions you don't have the power to know what's going on you don't have awareness of what's going on. You don't have awareness of how your life is impacting you. You could be sleepwalking through your entire experience. And we all do things all the time, whether it's through, uh, let's see, technology or, you know, binge watching shows or substances or, you know, even yoga, meditation and blah, blah, blah. We have all kinds of ways that we go about attempting to minimize our emotional experience. And in play therapy, there are a few things that we can do that are more dangerous than taking a child's emotions away from them. Their emotions are an opportunity for them to connect to the reality of their lives. And someone who is connected to the reality of their lives, who knows that they can feel difficult things and move through them, and who then can be assertive about what they need and what the people they love need to live lives that are whole and happy and connected, is a powerful and important person. And if more people in the world were able to do what I just described, we would undoubtedly live in a better world. And play therapy can be a vehicle for children being able to be emotionally connected people who are also regulated, who are also happy, and by the end of a play therapy experience, hopefully can say things like, I am mad about this thing, which means that I want X. That's great. That's assertive. That's aware. But children that we see when they come in are not in that place. Oftentimes, oftentimes they're in a place where their emotions boil up to the point that they, you know, are attacking people. And by attacking, I don't mean like pushing someone on the ground and pummeling them 5, 10, 12 times. But we do see kids who punch somebody in the face or punch somebody in the shoulder and feel like they weren't in control of that action. We do see children who are so withdrawn that they don't even really know how to talk to somebody that they don't know, who are so tense and stressed and scared that they are barely able to function. And that child may often, let's take this scared child, be told that it's okay, that they don't need to be scared, that they're safe. Maybe they're told those things. At worst, they're not told anything at all, and they have zero witness to their emotions. But often at best they're still told that they have nothing to be afraid of, which is very different than allowing them to feel their fear completely, to get to know their fear, to get to know how to live inside of their fear, and then to move through their fear to something else. What we're able to do inside of a child-centered play therapy session is to say to that scared child, you're making yourself 
small right now. We're able to say to an angry child, you're making yourself big right now. We're able to use sizes. We're able to put them back inside of their body state. We can name that they're tense. We can name that they're tight. We can name that their body is constricted in some way. We can say to a child that you're balling your hands into fists. We can say to a child that you've got your eyes closed and you're squinting really hard and your face is tight. And those are things that we can say to a child to allow them to sink into that feeling that doesn't activate their defenses, that doesn't make them say, no, I'm not scared or no, I'm not angry. When we name those sizes for them, they can feel themselves as small and live inside of that smallness. The feelings in their body in that moment are making them want to constrict and contain themselves and to make themselves tiny because they're scared or because they're sad. A child is who is angry and is lifting their arms up or maybe they're shouting. We can name how loud and intense their voices and they can live inside of that anger and come to know it and come to know themselves in relationship to it again we're not doing conscious work we're doing unconscious work and unconscious work is it's more confusing it's more messy it's more difficult to tap into what progress is being made when a child is i don't know angry in a session and trashes your room or when a child is sad and distraught for a lot of a session it might not feel like progress in that moment it can be a difficult thing to hold but i can almost guarantee you that that child who is experiencing themselves in their emotions fully does not have another place on the planet earth where they have the opportunity to do that without someone minimizing or without someone shaming. And they need that chance in our playrooms and they get it and they learn about themselves in relationship to their emotions through being able to live through their emotions fully. And that's all I've got for this episode of Playtime. Thank you for listening. If you've got feedback, if the show impacted you in some way, if you've got another take on emotions and the body and therapy and children share it uh, my email address is barnett child therapy that's my last name b-a-r-n-e-t-t child therapy at gmail.com please rate review subscribe all that good stuff helps the show get more reach and see you next time Thank you.